Welcome everyone, it's the Crypto Lark and I am very excited to have on today Craig Cobb of Trader Cobb. Craig, welcome. G'day mate, nice to be on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. You've been around the markets for a while, so it's really great to have you on to actually kind of get some of that, you know, long-term experience from someone who has been playing in markets for a while and who's seen, you know, ups and downs and all this kind of fun stuff happen throughout the years. So let's start off with what are your thoughts on the current state of the market and what should investors kind of be thinking about right now? Yeah, good question, mate. Um, look, the, the current state of the market is obviously one that has been, well, this year it's definitely been a trader's market. Uh, hodling hasn't really been the option of choice. Now, I'm not suggesting that's a bad thing to do because I, I, I've got an investment portfolio and a trading portfolio. So I've, I've been getting just as hosed as many other people on my longer term investments. But um, the state of the market right now, and I'm just having a look at the charts right now, it, it literally... I'm, I'm waiting for the next move right now. So as we lead into Christmas, obviously, that is upon us. It's literally on top of us right now. There's a lot of uh, – well, it, it's grinding lower, but the, it's lost that momentum that we had. So short term, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see not a great deal go on into Christmas. Uh, obviously, this is crypto. It can change very, very quickly. Uh, you know, I, I can see support at 3,000, not suggesting we'll get there, but I can see support at 3,000. And um, I mean, look, it's just the best market in the world for a trader because it, it's just so volatile, as as we all know. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at it now, and Sunday's up 1.24 percent, which is nothing for crypto, but it will move five six percent, and we won't even bat an eyelid. Mm-hmm. So, as a trader, it, it's just the best market in the world to be in. So, long term, I'm a believer in the space. Don't get me wrong, like. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this thinking what this can do, what blockchain can do, uh, what it has done already and has a massive, massive future. So I invest long term, but short term, I look to make an income or, you know, build build that account at the same sort of time. So I, I, that's sort of I've got two focus, one investing and two trading. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. You know, I've got um, a, a smaller percentage for kind of active trading, you know, and I, it's the thing, you know, I don't overtrade. I kind of look and like, oh, that looks like an opportunity going on there today. And I'm, I might hop in on that, set my stop loss and see what happens. You know, if you can get that, that, uh, you know, five or 10 or 15 percent um, on the on the backside. Well, that's pretty decent by by any account. Right. So there's definitely that. But yeah, then there's the, the long term, which I think, yeah, everyone's been um, pretty hosed down on their long term investments this year. You know, that that hodling Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, it hurts. But, uh, yeah. you know, at the same time, I'm not incentivized to sell it because I believe in the long term perspective yeah. of the asset. So, see, you know, it's a funny position. Well, one of the things <laughs> that you said, though, is stop loss. Um, when you're trading, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if, if you don't have a stop loss, then it's I mean, uh, if you don't have a stop loss, you're not trading. But but. That's my opinion of it and my belief of it because mm-hmm. without a stop loss, you're just hoping. You're buying yeah. and you're hoping or you're selling and you're hoping because a stop loss, especially if you trade with margin um, and you know, if, if people do trade with margin, they should understand it first. I think there's a big chasm between understanding and education in this space. Um, I often say a lot of people uh, – and this is the reason that I started TraderCobb.com and educating people was because I was looking around. I, I got into crypto July last year. I've been trading financial markets for – been over 12 years now and um i just saw crypto and just went well i didn't see i, I got brought back to it by a mentor of mine he said cobby you got to have a look at this market i'm like well okay i can actually do something with this now and uh, and i pretty much just tools down in the other markets came over here because it was moving so much and um you know looking at this market and, and what it's doing there's a lot of people that were sort of saying saying things that you learn out of a book or, or saying things that you know they were just regurgitating crap that you know, someone who's been trading for a long time, you think of that and go, 
that's I know that they mean well, but they don't know what they're talking about. And, and, and it was working fine last year because you just had to say, buy this, work through this, and it would take off. Everyone, <laughs> yeah. was, an expert. Everyone was an expert really quickly because all you had to do was buy. Um, they didn't know how to short. They didn't understand what they were really looking for. They didn't understand what objective trading and subjective trading meant. Um, and for me, it was like, man, this the space needs to sort of – I don't mean this in, in any, um, you know, uh, insulting, derogatory, arrogant way, but it needed to get a bit more, uh, mature a bit, understand what was going on. And, and that's sort of what brought me into the space. But this market, you can go long and you can make money when it's short, like when it falls, when it's shorts as well. And I think even just something as simple as that, it can change people's perspective, change people's management of their portfolios and give them the opportunity to be a truly recession-proof person because if you can make money whether the market goes up or down, well, it, you know, as long as it doesn't go sideways for too long, you've pretty much got tools to keep you going for the rest of your life. And there's a lot that's going on in this space. I, I don't – look, I'm not a fundamental guy. Um, I'm trying. I'm learning. Uh, I learn a lot from others. Um, but when it comes to trading – that's what my I'm, I'm trying to help people understand the options that are available to them from somebody who's been around for a while, hopefully a little bit more trusted, which that's kind of the plan and what we're trying to do here. But it's just such an epic market, man. <laughs> yeah, well, it. it's, it's the volatility. This is the thing. I mean, you look at uh, I saw an article recently. It was like, oh, Sydney property prices down 10 percent. And it's like 10 percent. Really? That it? That really? It? Like, where where's the government to protect everyone now? Let's quick, let's get someone in here. How did the government let this happen? Like, ten percent yeah. guys, look, you know. But that's that's the beauty of the crypto market. The volatility can absolutely wreck you if you're not going in with any kind of risk management plan, or you know, you know, taking your profits or setting stop loss and all these different things. But it's also this amazing potential for profits because just because something might go down 10 or 20 percent on 24 hours it might go up 10 or 20 percent the next 24 hours and that's you know or a different asset will go up 10 or 20 percent so mm. playing that kind of volatility can be very profitable if you know you're patient and you look for the opportunities right absolutely and look the other bit is the margin you know um i know that a lot of people are like oh bitmix 100 times leverage blah, blah 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 and i get that because you know um it's it is scary before you do something you know you you go bungee jumping knowing that okay this is going to be a bit of a thrill but you also understand that the likelihood of you getting hurt are minimal because you've got all this stuff attached to your feet and, you know you're with professionals well that bit with professionals most people go into this market they go bungee jumping without a bungee they don't know what they're doing. They, they really have no idea and they just hope that something's going to catch them. So leverage or margin trading is an absolutely wonderful tool in the hands of somebody with the experience. When I say experience, I mean, I should say understanding because you don't need to have lots of experience to trade because I didn't when I started. You've got to learn. You'll make mistakes. That's all part of, you know, the, the more mistakes you make faster, the, the, the quicker you're a good trader. Mm. You, just, that's, you have to make the mistakes. Um, but, you know, margin trading means you're taking a smaller amount, like a mortgage. You just, you just brought up the Sydney house prices, you know, say 10% for your deposit, which you don't get anymore. Uh, and you get, you know, you can borrow <laughs> the other 900000 for your million-dollar one-bedroom apartment, right? <laughs> um, and the reality of it is. Um, that's the same sort of thing as leverage, and you, you, you pay an interest on that. Uh, or if you're going short, they pay it to you. So, yeah, using margin, it's it's a phenomenal tool. Um, it's, it, is, it is a double-edged sword because your, your wins are bigger, so, so too are your losses, and that's why you need to have a stop loss, as, as you quite rightly mentioned. But um, I just think that a lot of people 
they're scared of it because of a lack of understanding. And look, I, I totally get that. You know, you, you don't want to dive into something without knowing what it's all about. So mm. that's why education is so powerful and so important. I'm not saying paid education. I mean, you can go and watch all the videos on YouTube about how to use margin. You can read up on it, just get your head around it. If you've, I suggest that people do start to get sharper on that because we've had a good year this year um, because, I mean, it wasn't as, 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 you know, the stoke levels are pretty high this time last year, if you recall. This was like mega bull town. Um, as a matter of fact, I think today was one of the days we did $3,000 in a day or something like that. Remember that? There was two days where we just went shroom, shroom, straight through 15000 straight up to nineteen within two days or something stupid. Um, but, you know, it, it's still been a good year because we have had a lot of direction. We have had a lot of momentum. It's just been down. And if you can't short, you've missed all that opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, I, I, I'm someone who I guess I do a little bit more traditional stuff. You know, it's uh, I, I do set stop losses. I, I watch for opportunities go up. I don't short the market and um, I don't do margin trading either. Right. It's just that there's only so much time in the day, Craig. How, how do we find time for even more more trading options? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, well, it just depends on what you want to put your focus on. I That's mean, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a full time trader, I guess you'd say, but I don't trade full time. Um, I, I trade windows. Uh, I teach people that as well to, to trade. And what I mean by a window is if people say, oh, I haven't got time. It's like, dude, it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week market. You've got time. It's just, you know, you've got to make time and, and you've, got to understand, you've got to understand how to use time and be efficient with time. And everything I teach is in a checklist. Everything I use is a literal checklist that you've got to tick off. Um, and it's, you trade these checklists in a window. So let's say, let's say you go, okay, between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m., I've, I've got some time. Um, or, or between seven and eight, and you go, okay, okay, cool. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to see around that time what time, let's say four-hour candles close, as an example, right? So you go in and you go, okay, well, the four-hour candle closes at 8 p.m. So I'm going to do a scan at 7.30. So then you go through all your list of margin pairs, or even not margin pairs, up to you, and you look at the four-hour candles, you look at the two-hour candles, you look at the eight-hour candles, because the eight-hour might also close, obviously, every, every two, four, and eight, an eight-hour candle closes. So just work out when each candle closes. And you can do that on TradingView. It's, it's really simple. You just mm-hmm. move to the next candle and it tells you. Um, and then you do your scan. And it doesn't need to take forever. There's some simple scanning techniques. Once you've got a checklist-based strategy and you know what you're looking for. Uh, see, when I go into the market, I'm, I'm looking to eliminate things. I'm not looking to find a trade. You know, for me, I, you know, I'll go through my checklist. And I'm like, all right, there's no reason not to take that. So I, I have to take that. It's not, oh, I want to trade, I want to trade, I want to trade. I don't want to trade. I'm not looking to find a trade. Um, I'd rather not if there's not something that's worthwhile taking. So having that checklist brings you that level of discipline. Having an understanding of how to go to the market and what you're looking for allows you to only have an hour or two and still be able to do it because mm-hmm. you're being really effective with your time as opposed to, I'll just go and have a quick little look and see what I find. So it's, it's just that structure that needs to come in and making things work around your own life. Because if you're going to change your life, you probably only do it for a couple of months. You've got to fit it in around your current life. That's it. That's it. And, well, and, and you know, actually being strategic, this is what it really comes down to in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like this is where so many investors kind of, you know, fall on hard times is actually putting money on the table before understanding what your strategy is. Yeah. Right. And that, that comes down to like, okay, you know, take my Bitcoin that I have my, my hodling portfolio, right? Like that's, I've put that in there and that's that's like a long-term asset that I've got a yep. strategy for when I might want to get out of that at yep. some point or get out of certain percentages of it, whatever it might be. 
right? Whereas my trading portfolio, that's, that's a whole different strategy that you have to look into in yeah. terms of, you know, what, um, you know, you're looking at the, the one hour, the four hour, the daily. I mean, what, wh- where are you going with these trades? What are you trying to get in at? What entry points are looking for? What exit points are looking for? And if you don't have an exit point, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a classic mistake. I think a lot of, uh, newer traders might be making is not actually coming in with these, uh, exit points. Right. Yep. Exactly. You've got to minimize your risk as well. So something as simple as like, well, simple to me is scaling out. So let's say, you know, one, one of the great things about crypto is the fact that it can move so much, you know, you can get massive, massive moves. So, you know, we had a short on Bitcoin back, when was it? I can actually tell you the date, the, pretty much dead set a month ago, the 18th of November. Uh, actually, sorry, it was a couple of days before that was the 16th. After that first big fall, it was about 5,700 we got and it was a 17 to one trade. So, you know, risk, let's say risk is 100, then the reward was 17 times that 100, so 1,700, 17 times your risk multiple. That's with margin. Now, a trade like that, you know, I had two losing trades that week as well, and that trade, and that ran over a couple of weeks, got stopped out, and obviously it it has moved lower since. But, you know, because of the size of the moves, you you can have a couple of losing trades, and it doesn't really matter. But what you've got to do is you've got to scale out, or you've got to plan your trade, then trade your plan. So for me on that Bitcoin trade, I, I had said, because I've got a subscription service as well, I said to the people in there, and I'm like, Look, listen, guys, uh, I'm going to scale out one-to-one, and then I'm going to leave my stop where it is. I'm not going to trail my stop until we see something you know worthwhile tra- trailing, because was, I was using the other half of it as a hedge. So when I say scale out at one-to-one, let's say I risk $1,000 on a trade, right? My first target, let's say it's a $50 stop loss. My first target is $50 plus, you know, the, the cost of the trade, you know, like a little bit, a little bit more on top. Say it's $60, right? Then I'll close $500. So I've got a, I've got a reward of say 500 here and the other position's got a, a risk of 500. Means that I net off to zero. So therefore I can leave that trade open now. And if the market does go, you know, crazy, I've still got something on, but my risk is now zero because I've taken half of it off the table. Little things like that, you know, if you actually did the math on that and you break down your trades and go, okay, well, this is how many losing trades and winning trades I've had, split it down the middle and say, how many if I had to scale that at one-to-one, often that can bring you into profit. Those little tiny things make such a big difference, really big difference. And it's all around managing risk, not reward. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think this is, you brought up a good point to keep in mind too that you're going to lose on trades. Yeah, you will. You're going to lose on lots of them. I lose on lots of trades, but then you know there's other trades when you you do very very well, right? And you kind of average those out over time. And you know if you at the end of the month or whatever it might be, you go, okay, well I've I've managed my risk well enough <laughs> that I haven't you know lost all my liquidity during my trading by, you know, not setting stop losses and stuff like this, and that I have been able to come out the other end by, you know, successfully managing that risk. So that's, that's an important part to keep in mind here that, you know, anyone who out, who's out there saying that they get every trade every time, it's 100% profit all the time, they're blowing Run. smoke up your butts, guys, because this is, this is not how it works. It's, it's, no. uh, it's the game's a bit different than that. Yeah, and you'll have drawdowns too, you know, like you, you'll go backwards and don't beat yourself up over it. It's, it's part of it, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> It's not always a wonderful world. Trading, you know, the, the pictures of people in the Lamborghinis and the helicopter, all that <laughs> crap. The reality is most of the time you're sitting here staring at three or four screens like I am right now. Um, this one's behind me. I've, I've got a laptop that plugs into that as my backup monitor. Uh, the laptop's at home because I plan on going back there after my morning content uh, and, and, you know, looking out over the ocean and working from home. But, you know, because it's a beautiful day here in Sydney, so 
stuff being in the office. But um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not as glamorous as what it might seem like. You know, it, it's it's hard work. It, it it's it's focused work, I should say. You know, I don't spend all day staring at the charts. I did many many years ago. You know, I thought being a full time trader meant full time hours. And and the beautiful thing about trading is that um, time and money don't they don't go hand in hand. You know, if you've got a job, you get paid X amount per hour or <clears throat> X amount per year with your salary. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you give up your time to get money. Well, with trading, I might find a trade that takes me 15 minutes from, you know, my scan all the way through raising an order everything. And then I monitor it over the next few days, trail my stop, and I might make 15 grand off of that. It took me 15 minutes plus a couple of stop moves, caught 20 minutes all up. Now, that's the beauty of trading. It's, it's not time and money. It's ability and money. And that strategy is where the the strategy having an application to come in, it's like baking a cake, right? You bake it the first time, you're terrible at it. You practice and you practice and you practice and you practice that same formula again again and again and again. And you might even change it a little bit, put some of your own tweaks in, but eventually you're going to get there. That's what we try and provide people with an understanding for what to do and then repeat that process. Yeah. It's so important to get that practice in. And, you know, this is for anyone who doesn't trade out there, isn't an active trader, and if you want to get into trading, good God, don't put all your money in. No. <laughs> don't, don't max out the credit cards or anything like that. Take a little bit. Take, take you know, I don't know. If, you, if, you're, if you're comfortable small. losing 500 bucks, then put 500 bucks in and, yep. and just say, hey, you know what? If I lose every single penny of that, I'm here for the experience of how to trade. I'm here to learn lessons on how to trade. And then look at it like that because then, you know, you go into it and you say, I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn lessons on how to trade. And, like, you know, don't, don't, don't put in more than you're willing to lose, especially on trading you know it's it's uh absolutely yeah. it's because trading's a tricky game if you're not you know being strategic and if you're not learning the lessons and that's an important thing too is learn the lessons i've learned yep. so many lessons the only way i've learned those lessons is by actually getting out there doing you know putting the money on the table letting those trades play out one way or the other and that's how the lessons are learned and that's a really important part of what it all comes down to is the the i think it's uh, some uh, saying something like uh the only uh failure is not learning a lesson from, you know, a failed experiment or whatever it might yeah, be. You, you only fail when you quit, right? That's right. That's right. But that's, that's one other thing I, I would definitely say as well is that people <clears throat> um, think they've learned something. You've got to write it down. You've got to write it down. When you take a trade, you've got to take screenshots. So I'll actively take a screen. So let's say I'm taking a trade off of the two-hour time frame. I'll take the two-hour as I'm sort of raising the order or after. Most important is to get the order on first. Then you take the screenshot of the two-hour the four hour, the eight hour and the daily. And then I'll write down like really crude, just in like a, take a box in and PowerPoint bush, you know, dump the screenshot in, type in blah, blah, blah. took this trade for X, Y, Z. Here's my plan, right? Next, you know, the four, then you go to the four hour. Here's the, anything that backs up the, the, the trade on the four hour you put in notes. Now what this allows you to do is A, it holds you accountable to your own action. So you have to think through the process. If you've got a checklist like we do, you've got to think through, okay, did I stick to that? And many guys that I've got in the community and girls, they've got, they've just like, there's a green button or a red button. So they've made their little Excel spreadsheet things. And it holds them accountable to it. But the most important part of that, other than sending it in for mentoring for me, is, is really being able to go back and look at those. So let's say you've had a really great trading period. Like November was really, really good for me, right? It was The market moved really well, so therefore it was a good month. Um, and let's say January is a terrible month, right? January 2019 is really bad. And you go, shit, what's going on? Like, where am I at? What, what, why am I not doing well here? Well, it might not be that you're not doing well. It, it might be something completely out of your hands. You, you just don't know. So you can go back to your November and look at the screenshots, look at the trades you took and go compare it, you know, one to the other and go, oh, okay, 
those trades are so much clearly better than what I'm doing in January. So now I, I can refocus, recalibrate. Here are the issues that I've been having and here are the mistakes I've been making. Being able to go back and look at your own trades, man, that's, that's the most valuable lesson you're going to have. But it's only valuable if you've got a systematic approach, you know, because if you, if you change it for every trade, it's, you know, there's no consistency. So it's hard to be consistent in your results if you have an inconsistent approach. There you go. I want to change the the tactical conversation a little bit away from um, away from uh, trading to actually get your thoughts on the ICO market. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, the ICO market. Well, I think it's definitely maturing. Um, the, the, obviously, as you know, that there are still uh, ICOs going on. Um, <clears throat> the ICO market, sort of this time last year and into January of last year, was. A lot of the projects was little more than, you know, like a school project. You had your artistic component, which was doing your video, right, and, and your website. You had your English component, which was doing your white paper. Um, and then you had your marketing component, which is basically the video on the front of the web page or, or doing a little roadshow, if at that at all back then. And because of the hype and the mania, uh, that was all you needed to do. Now, you didn't need to have a great team. You didn't even need to spell correctly in your white paper. You could have spelling mistakes and it didn't bloody matter. Um, nowadays, however, it's um, you can still raise in an ICO, but VCs come into the space now. Uh, you do have to give away equity typically in your round one mm-hmm. or series A. Um, <clears throat> then your tokens are being scrutinized a lot more. But I remember in December and January, everyone was talking about tokenomics. Oh, tokenomics, tokenomics. I'm like, but what about the actual business? Everyone wants to talk about the token. Well, the token's going to be – who cares how many tokens there are if, if this business has no place to be? Do you know what I mean? Like, does, does this yeah. business need yeah. to be here? Does it – like, okay, cool, you're putting that on the blockchain, but what, why? Like, how is this going to give you an edge? You still have to operate in the business world. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've still got a product. You still have to sell it. You still have to run it. You still have to manage it, grow it, and, and deliver. So how are you going to do that? I don't think there was enough people uh, really focusing on that side of it. It was a lot of the hype. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you're seeing projects that are trying to raise. They realise the landscape is very different. They're having to come to the party with a much more slick approach, bigger teams, better teams, um, uh, more trust they're trying to work on because there was a lot of scams. Uh, there still are. I mean, still are. Yeah, but this is. But we are seeing a mass wave of professionalization that we yes, are getting better right. offerings without a doubt. That's right. So the space is it's it's maturing, you know, and and I think that you know it's really good um, as far as you know. People talk about price all the time because that's what they sort of cling it on to and hoping that it goes up for them, right? But. You know, I'm probably like yourself, mate. We're pretty fortunate that we get to talk to a lot of pretty good people in the space, right? There's so much going on behind closed doors. Uh, there's so much going on development-wise. Uh, mm-hmm. Some projects are just sinking to the ground, and that's fair enough. That's just, you know, natural business process, natural, you know, the, the strongest will rise. But, I mean, it's not going anywhere. It, the, blockchain is revolutionary, and business is seeing that. Now, does that mean that it's going to be Ethereum, Cardano, Stellar Lumens, or your small little... I don't know. That's the thing I don't know. But I do know the blockchain is not going anywhere. It is here to stay. And that's why I'm here to stay. And that's why I'm so passionate about learning more. It's, um, and you know, I'm, I can apply my trade as a trader within this market while I learn and try and find what the next Google's going to be or the next Amazon's going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's definitely growing up and it needs to. 
And that comes back to the other part of your portfolio, right? There is these investments that you make when you go, oh, that company, wow, they've, they've got something really to offer here. They've yeah. got amazing long-term perspective. I'm yeah. going to accumulate that over the long term and actually, you know, uh, make a longer play on that in terms of, you know, making an investment on it. And, and I think that even though the ICO market is really professionalizing and, yeah, we're getting much better ICOs on offer, the security token industry, yeah. when it starts coming, that's going to be a whole other level of, I think, really giving investors something to to make great profits from potentially. Again, remember, you're investing <clears throat> in startups. You know, just because it's a security token and it's registered and all this stuff doesn't mean that it's not going to fail because the team sucked and the business model wasn't there and the market wasn't there and all these different things. And I think that's one thing that a lot of investors are forgetting about in investing in ICOs or blockchain companies or any of this stuff. This is this is not breaking the rules of startups. It's 90% of startups fail because of mm-hmm. a whole raft of different reasons. Yep. And again, it's about managing that risk, right? In terms yep. of well, if I'm investing in this and I see it's, you know, the team sucks or they're not he missing the, or they're missing deadlines and all these different things. Well, that's starts to say something after a while, right? You can only miss so many deadlines before you lose all confidence of the people who have invested in your product, right? And when it comes to STOs, we're getting dividends and, you know, potential equity in companies and stuff like this. And that's much more appealing than just having, you know, an ICO where you get a utility token. And look, if those utility tokens can actually get a network effect moving forward, but no one's done that yet. No one yeah. has that network effect yet. The biggest uh, DAP on Ethereum right now is IDEX and it's got a couple thousand daily users. That's yeah. not enough. We need killer DAPs that have a million daily users, but yep. we're not there yet. I think, I think um, as well with the security token, there's the word security, which means it sort of has to stick to security laws, which brings a sense of legitimacy in, which brings other investors in. And we need those other investors. We need the traditional yeah. investors that are coming to the space to grow it. Um, and I think what you said, you, you sort of, um, I don't know why it was from what your words just were, but you, with the ICOs and STO market, I, mean, I think STOs will bring in a bunch of uh, already established players because it's another way for them to tokenize or, you know, pull yeah. money and raise. Um, well, I think what you said is you're, you're effectively investing in startups. And it's what the ICO market and crypto has done for a certain extent is it's, it's given everyday average people the opportunity to invest in startups. Mm-hmm. Now, that was the world for VCs and high net worth individuals. And this space has allowed us to get involved in that. Now, for some people, it's gone very well. Uh, for most, they might have seen their portfolio go straight up and then straight back down. But there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. And, and for that exact purpose, whether you've made money or lost money, whether, whether you're up or down currently, those lessons are invaluable. These, these lessons that people are learning. Now, like I've been through the GFC. I've, that sort of made me as a trader. That was the first real run that I, I had that was pretty much life-changing. Um, things happen fast in crypto, so your lessons do come hard and fast. It can be overwhelming. It really can be. But what you're learning and what you have learned the last 12 months if you've been here that long these are, these are life lessons that you can take for the rest of your life. Continue to learn from them because don't see them as a negative if you're down. See them as something you can learn from because, yeah, you are investing in startups. Some of them will undoubtedly do well. Some of them will do absolutely terrible and vanish. But the lessons will always remain. So just remember that. That's a really – I think it's a positive everyone can take no matter how dark it might seem. The lessons are there if you choose to learn them. 
That's right. That's right. So it's perhaps uh, uh, one of the key keynotes to take away from this. Learn the lessons, guys. Don't let don't let lessons pass you by because that's that's the real, I suppose, uh, yeah. loss at the end of the day. Craig, final question for you for today. What are your thoughts moving into 2019? What do you see as being the big trends? What do you see as being perhaps the price trends moving into 2019? What are your overall thoughts for the year? Oh, yeah, good question. Probably one I can't answer too accurately as far as price action goes. I mean, look, I I read trends. The trend's down right now. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see 3,000 hit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a fair bit of buying come in at 3,000 because it is a significant level. It's the only level that I can see that's got relative strength uh, on the chart. But, um, I mean, look, it, it's, it's hard to tell because this market, I've studied what it's done in the past, right? It goes shoop, up, it goes back down, and then sometimes it goes straight back up again. Other times, it does a really long consolidation period, right? Now, whether 2009 will continue to, sorry, 2019 will continue to be a consolidation uh, period or not, I don't know. Will it drop to 1,000? I don't know. It, it, it very well could. Uh, I don't know the um, – I think if it goes to 1,000, things will be in, in, in a lot of pain because the miners will be out more or less unless there's a new revolutionary way to mine. You know, it, it's got to be profitable for business to operate within the space. If mining can become more profitable with lower prices, then sure, we can go lower, you know, because it, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. People are still profitable. Um, I'm interested to see what happens as much as anybody else. So I'm not going to make any price predictions or trend predictions. I'm sure we're going to have, uh, you know, momentum both up and down next year. And I know that sounds ridiculous to say, but what I mean is we'll probably have a period where people call it a bull run and we'll probably have a period where people call it a bear run. Now, why am I keeping it so fuzzy? Because we have that nearly every year. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's mm-hmm. what generally happens. And so from my point of view, it's not about what is going to happen. It's how am I going to be positioned for what will happen? Um, and I'm fortunate I've been doing it a long time. So I, you know, I can you know, manage whether it goes up or down. Um, but it's going to be a very interesting year. A, a lot of big companies are hovering. We've got backed coming out. Uh, of course, that's the biggest thing. We've got the talk of ETFs again. Uh, it keeps getting pushed back and it may continue to get pushed back. But it'll uh, happen someday. Oh, yeah. The second the conversation came into the fray, uh, it was going to happen. There's a lot of people working on it right now, so it will happen. But there's a lot of positives to to look at. I think patience is, is really key. Um, it's going to happen. Where it happens, how it happens, I don't know. Will it be Bitcoin? I, I bloody hope so. <laughs> I hope we get a good <laughs> on that. I, I hope that's one of them. Um, but, yeah, it, it's definitely going to be an interesting year with some new players, big, big, big players. So how, from where else we go from there? I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I think that uh, the, the kind of fuzzy statement about it'll go up, it'll go down. I mean, if you look at 2017, we had uh, this this big run, and it was uh, May, I think, right? And yeah. started June, and you know that was like, oh my god, this is so exciting. And then it went down a lot yep. again, yep. right? And everyone was, oh, crypto's done, it's Bitcoin's dead, all this stuff. Yep. Right? And then we went on the biggest run yet, right? Get, reaching the highest prices of all time. And to, to not think that these these kind of trends are going to continue to happen in what's actually a rather small market and a very volatile market. I mean, look where we're at. We're around a $100 billion market cap. I mean, you know, the New York Stock Exchange probably does $100 billion before like the first coffee break in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's like it's nothing to them, right? It's such a small market in terms yep. of that's why it is so volatile. When we are at a stage where it's a, a $50 trillion market at some point in the future, I mean, a lot less volatility Correct. in the price, you know, so that's something we can all keep in mind too is that because we're small because we're volatile we are going to see these kind of movements happening and it's 
I'm excited about 2019. There's a lot of good stuff going on. So oh, mate, you, you and me both. Absolutely. And look, one thing I will say, if, if you don't mind, I've, um, if anybody wants to have a crack, I've got a competition going at the minute. It's going to finish the 26th of yeah, December. <laughs> so boxing day midnight. And it's for picking the price of Bitcoin at the end of the year. So the 31st of December midnight, UTC time and it's just tradercob.com forward slash BTC um, and you can go into the prop draw for $14,000 US of, of prizes and bits and pieces so if anybody wants to it's, it's just a name and email simple stuff it's just a bit of fun leading into Christmas uh, tradercob.com forward slash BTC pick the price and if you pick the price or you're the closest to it you're going to win some good stuff cool cool everybody loves winning free stuff without a doubt well, really- let's- There'll be a link to Craig's uh, website down below. So, you know, if you want to go and check that out, it's there. Otherwise, you know, uh, follow the website that he just mentioned there as well. If you get to specifically to the job is check out more of his information and actually, you know, check out some of his courses and things that are on offer. You can go and check that out too. There'll be a link down below again. Craig, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been it's been a lot of fun. I hope it's been really valuable for everyone out there in the audience. I know, you know, it's always amazing to have chats with people like you who yeah. can, you know, see what's going on in the industry. So thanks so much for your time. Mate, I appreciate it, and it's been uh, it's been fantastic getting to know you and have a chat, and I'll uh, I'll see you in Wellington next time I'm there, for sure. Cheers, mate.